Welcome to the Hunt Orbital Truckers News Digest. This is a shorter version of the full show that you can find available on iTunes or by visiting our media website, media.forthemug.com. Thank you for listening. Tell you what, it was really nice having more space in the studio last week. No Harry, no Dick, no Buck or no Witherspoon. But I think it's time that we got some of them back out of their boxes, don't you think? You're right. It's all very well, the two of us doing all the work week after week, having to share credit with a load of talking dolls just because we're claiming wages for them. But I do get fed up with having to pack them away after each show. Ah, well, let's just keep it in mind that the money that they earn goes straight into our pockets and that this time next year, we'll be fleet carrier owners. Okay, I've got them all sitting upright in their chairs. Shall we see if they still work? Yeah. Yep, let me just pull the string in the middle of this one's back. (laughs) Our mics are live. Where are we? Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. Give me a second. You can hear Robbie uh, louder than Flossie at the moment. (laughs) Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Hutton Orbital News, live from the bubble, and not just from anywhere in the bubble, but the bit that's near Sol. Not too near, just around the corner, we've got the usual selection of misfits, miscreants, and missing people. Ah. I'm Dick Chiefen. And we'll just... Uh, I'm Rudolf Hucker. Yes, he is. I'm paying attention. I'm Harry Balzac, and I'm back from my self-isolation. I'm also paying attention, and I'm seamless. <laughs> nice. I'm Nora Snuckers. And I'm Lou. And so, let's get on with those headlines. Nearly new, one careful owner, knock-off carriers at knock-down prices. Spider-Mind Shrink Ray brings Ray of Hope. Educating the smallest people in the galaxy, Hutton style. Bantabus bounces along. Simbad, the bad, makes Dunkers sad. We make a call to Atrus 5060. I swear Lou's victory news for the weeks he's here. And Norma's void will be filled with something tasty. Rumours that second-hand knock-off fleet carriers are being passed off as new in a Boer Corporation recycling scam. 
Insider reports also state that the court case of public opinion versus Brewer Corporation led to the three magistrates concluding that Brewer had to either change their name to Big Ship instead of Fleet Carrier, or actually allow pilots to carry their own fleets. In a options are available move, reminiscent of 20th century earth car manufacturer's BMW, Brewer had refused to sell a carrier with the ability to actually carry. It's a bit like selling everything except the chassis as a car and forcing commanders to pay for optional extras like seats and wheels from an extensive list of colourful items for a cost. The good news is that between all that, the and scientists making jump fuel better, as we reported last week, it looks like you can now look forward to having your cake and indeed eating it. In other news, celebrated galactic furniture maker and entertainment provider, Spider-Mind Systems have released a sneak preview photographs of some boxes with spaceships in. Two-dimensional spaceships. Due to their new compression techniques, these flat-pack beauties are now occupying a modestly-sized storage facility, approximately 50 ships to a space roughly the size of a pack of Marlies. They're commissioning a fleet of small ships to load these micro-fleets and distribute to systems in the bubble in the near future. No word yet on their latest in furniture design, but investigators are hoping that their little legs will carry them to their destinations soon. With the advent of cross-species communication entering a new phase to the microscopic level, our glorious leader Alvin has been in touch with the Flathead Society of Snozzy's Bonds. He has been trying to communicate with the life forms that live on Mike's noggin and determined that as a society they don't believe in the curvature of his cranium. Other than a handful who live on the edge and can see across to the forest of Brow and the continent of Hairy Shoulder, the majority live their lives surrounded by a dense keratin forest and are oblivious to the curvature of the dome on which they live. As a solution, Alvin has instituted Project Z and commissioned a swift-moving raising of the surface, clearing all the extraneous. <clears throat> start that again. Clearing all the extraneous keratin and giving the micros that micro. Right. Okay. <clears throat> going to start that whole sentence again. It's seamless. As a solution, <laughs> Alvin has instituted Project Z and commissioned a swift-moving raising of the surface, clearing all the extraneous keratin and giving the microbes that live there an unadulterated view of the horizon. His demands have included the promise that the hair will actually grow back if they get agrophobic, and of course regular nourishment with autoglim. There are no updates as to whether he has re-established communication with the colony in his own hirsute main after that incident with the front line. He's also ordered some Earl Grey tea, a few lollipops, and the gazer's guard to the east end of London for his aid to smooth him through the transition. Because he's worth it. A bouncing Baz Bantabus goes from strength to strength. Uh, oh. with more commanders join every day for each stop. They've thoroughly probed an ancient crash Thargoid. They've been at the Brandy over Lave, gone all Boy Scout in a forest of barnacles, and even had a visit from the local wildlife in the form of a curious Thargoid. Whether he was after their jam sandwich, like some kind of demented summer stripy bastard, aka 
a wasp, or part of the alien ant farm that he starved the mighty swarm, we can't tell. But he came, he probed, he ran away laughing. The sight of a lawn dart, of an anaconda made for, made for more peaceful evenings entertainment, so their next mission is to visit a lighthouse within the range of a rather dangerous looking wibbly star with big arms. The light has gone blue and we're guessing so is the air when they realise the danger that they're in. A far sight from the Time Team special of Dusty Guardian Ruins earlier in the week where they investigated a series of small wads, looked at a bit of pottery and pontificated whether the bit over to one side was a middle. With over 10 days left to go, one wonders what the other wonders they will wander to, but one wishes them well on their wanderings. In the lands of Colonia, where the skies are purple and the nights very light, men of Dubuenel tell tales. Tales of Simbad the Bad, on the time he came to Dunker's Rest and the hero Duncan the Crumb saved his village. They tell of the great expedition to bring the mug to other villages in the valley and of the trials and tribulations of truckers throughout space as they completed their quest. Around the hearth, they talk of the intern, founder of Dubuenel and the history of the biscuit. From the earliest hand-teased crumb to the final bake and avoiding the soggy bottom and the inevitable burned edges, they speak in hushed tones of the ginger nut, the hobnob, and argue over the pronunciation of the word bourbon or bourbon, bourbon. Whether a waffle qualifies and how long you can dunk it before it goes all floppy, these are critical things for the residents of Dunker's Rest. But Simbad the Bad was jealous. He didn't have any biscuits. He watched from a nearby dark and dingy system as the Dunkers reveled in their chocolate-coasted digestives and their custard creams and looked forlornly at his stale and weevil-ridden salty ship's biscuit. So, one evening, when their backs were turned, Simbad the Bad snuck into their village and stole it. The whole thing. He planted a flag. He put up a wall. It was the biggest wall they'd ever seen and they couldn't scale it. Simbad the Bad forgot one thing though. Packets of biscuits are made to be shared. And the homeless citizens of Dunker's Rest had their biscuits about their person when they were exiled. The sight of the first unbroken biscuit on top of a packet of buttery butter shortbread was enough to bring cannon. The glazed ring brought the team from AXI. A petticoat tail brought the truckers running and soon eager helpers were on hand to show Simbad the Bad that being bad wasn't very nice at all. The people of Colonia tell a tale. They tell a tale from the future. A tale where the 38 reclaim their seats. A tale where Simbad the Bad is sent packing back to his dark and dank valley. They claim this isn't a fairy tale, it's a foretelling. And here at Hutton, we like that kind of prediction. Good evening, truckers. Atrus5060. Um, and some machine here. Oh, is this thing on? I mean, sorry, I'm very sorry, but Atris, that's me. 
uh, isn't here this evening as I'm busy. Please leave a message after the very lovely beep. Beep! By the way, has anyone seen a Thargoid recently? If you have, please contact Operation Ida. Or is that Ida? Or is it Ida? Maybe Hackswing, if anyone can find them. Right, I'm off to a barbecue. Some Thargoid hearts. Mmm, tasty. For the bug commanders, beep. We're doing the new lip read version. <laughs> are we live? We are. Don't know about yeah. you, mate. Oh, am, <laughs> I am, I, am I live now? You yeah. are. Excellent. Okay. Hudden Space is basically the same as last week. You know how it works. Nothing's in trouble. Please keep it up. Colononia is the same as always. Tears always in the election. Doriso's always an outbreak. There's the odd gap between the two, but that's pretty much constant. Fort Mug's never in trouble, so basically I'm not even going to bother giving an update. On the other hand, in WNL, which is over in Colonia, it's actually interesting. Yes, interesting, as in things are happening. As you may have heard, New Simbad have ousted the followers of the lovely Ed Lewis, owner of the coveted Mistake of the Year Muggy, from their home at Dunker's Resk, the biscuity planetary base giving control of the system. And the truckers, both Colonial and Bobalicious, are helping them to win it back. We're gaining on the infiltrators and heading for a war to win back the system. So forget about Hood and Space, get over to Colonia, and may you be with the biscuit. Over to Norma. I'm sorry, I can't read that. What? It, that. Why ever not? It's rude. But you've got to read it. It's in the script. No, I flipping well don't. You've done that deliberately to get me into trouble. I've got a reputation to maintain, you know. You can't have normal stoppers cover that kind of thing and get away with it. Who said anything about getting away with it? I knew it. Right, come here. On now, it can't be that bad. Oh, oh, no, you're right. Shall shall we uh, shall we move on? You think you're getting away with it too? Here, have one of these. <laughs> no, no. Ow! Ah! Ah! And on that Now you're a trucker All you gotta do is truck that truck When you're a hunting trucker If you can't turn a profit Then you're out of love For the muggle that we fly all over the space Point to two light years crossed at a hill of a base Just turn the wheel and keep that smile on your face 
Good evening. This is the moment in the show at which you would normally be regaled by the dulcet tones of Buck Naked. However, we noticed a buck-shaped hole, sorry, that sounds ruder than I'd intended, in the production office earlier today, and we realised that he was missing. Don't worry, in the office we were all practising social distancing. I, for example, never admit to my friends that I know any of these people. After reassuring myself that there are no problems with getting sake via the postal service, I decided to contact Lacon Spaceways, since Buck always says that he's their spokesman. They claimed never to have heard of him and have asked that I pass them his whereabouts as they have some lawyers who apparently would like to speak to him. I was left scratching my head, other parts of my anatomy, though not with the same finger and I certainly didn't touch my face. And eventually I did manage to track Mr. Naked down to a locked room in the far reaches of Hutton Orbital. Apparently, I'd say apparently because the exchange that followed was muffled by the aforementioned locked door. Buck had been getting fed up with how long his hair was growing, so he got one of his girlfriends to shave him all over. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's a lot of work for one person. He really is a hairy individual. But Buck says that all of his girlfriends have the necessary stamina, and at least she got enough material to make a decent winter coat. He says that he's been working very hard recently, which explained why he fell asleep during the um, operation. And unfortunately, despite instructions to leave Little Buck well alone, the so-called Barber of Brazil was extremely thorough, leaving good old Buck looking like a cross between a plucked turkey and a relief map of Central Europe. And he's complaining of a wind whistling through his Balkans. We will have to await Buck's return, at least until he's moved past the designer stubble phase so that he can safely walk without the risk of his inner thighs setting him on fire. But in the interim, he has passed us a list of the commanders for whom a mention should be made. You have to forgive me, the list is written in Buck's peculiar scrawl. Cue the music! The farthest jumper this week is Commander Bowl of Petunias with a total of 71,426 light years, which incidentally is the distance that will be covered if you laid all of Buck's shaven hair end to end. Biggest trucking trucker, at least that's what I think the note says, was Commander Mindwipe. Now that's definitely not what it says. With a total of 65,542 tons of cargo bought, but 66,268 tons sold, which makes me think there may be some accounting irregularities there. Our top mission runner this week was a commander that's new to our lists. Commander St. John Hawk, the total of 872 points. Welcome to Hutton's top trucker, Commander. Tearing up the Don's pirates. Oh, he means tearing, sorry. Once more is Commander Mazakurin, who earned more than 61 and a half million credits from doing so. I bet the Dom will be quaking in his sequin slippers after that. Taking the Hutton sightseeing bus for a spin this week was Commander Lilith Silver, who managed to take what has to be described as a modest 294 passengers around the galaxy. Must be because everyone's on lockdown. Stay at home. As for the Hutton high-speed run, 
master of his craft, see what I did there, is still Commander Brett Riverboat, who holds the record of one hour, 22 minutes and 31 seconds. The fastest in April was Commander Thomason, in one hour, 23 minutes and 54 seconds. Guess he must have stopped off to take some pictures. And our fastest so our fastest run so far in May is by Commander Malice XR3 in one hour, 24 minutes and three seconds. Hell, Buck records this. Are you listening to these figures thinking, I could do better than that? Well, all you need to do is go to the website hot.forthemug.com and download or register for the Hutton Helper and fly further with more cargo, do more missions, carry more passengers, or get to Hutton faster. And you too can have your name read out on this radio show. And at the very same time, if you haven't already got one, you'll earn a Hutton decal, which you can display on each and every one of your ships and SRVs. I am contractually obliged to say that Hutton Top Trucker, though allegedly not buck naked, is brought to you by Lake on Spaceways, the only ships in the galaxy to have a wardrobe on every ship marked Mr. Buck Naked that is permanently empty. For the mug! For the mug! Thank you very much for the mug. We will catch you next week. For one's mug. For the mug.